Hey, Daniel here from Markers on the Map, and this week, the gaming adventure continues through the second half of Donkey Kong Country 2, where beehives and amusement parks are one and the same, where creepy forests send gusts of wind to take our heroes down, and where castle walls test patience to its absolute limit. You can check us out on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. called robots yeah it's based on the hit dreamworks movie robots i know the movie but not of the game no so my answer is no um well this was a ds game that came out very early in the ds's life cycle and it was a uh, kind of difficult game i think for at the time young me to be playing and you know it was a licensed game but it had really good music but, you know, I was just thinking about this because I was, I was looking at my old DS the other day and I was like, this game had a, like a mini game where you roll one, like in that movie, I guess there's like a, like an orb shaped transportation device thing. And there's a mini game of it in the DS that I thought was originally like something you had to do. And then I guess later on I found out that it was optional, but it scuffed my screen. Like uh, the touchscreen part? Yeah. Man, the game that did that with mine was uh, Bowser's Inside Story. That one had a lot of, like, using the touchscreen and the pen. You kind of have to use the kind of the same motion, the same direction. So that one kind of messed up my screen, too. See, I was more careful with that one, but I hate that robots game for the fact that I think I found out this was optional later. And I didn't even like playing this part. All you had to do is keep swiping the stylus across the screen, and it's all scuffed into this day. My original Nintendo DS is scuffed. And I was only thinking about it because I've been looking at my DS because I'm going to be replaying uh, Donkey Kong Country 3 for next week's episode on there. <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing I feel like that was a flaw that they didn't think ahead of time that eventually there's going to be some wear and tear at the touchscreen part. Yeah, and I was usually careful. I used the stylus and everything. I, I knew people that used their thumbs for like everything. I'm like, why? You're, you're, it's a screen. It might be a touchscreen, but that's why they give you a stylish. That's true. Anyway, with that being said, welcome to a brand new episode of Markers on the Map, where we are going to do our second half of Donkey Kong Country 2 today. Um, funny thing is, um, we weren't expecting this to be two episodes, but we got really into talking about it last week, so um, we're going to do a part two. But we're going to finish the game this time so we can do part three next week. Anyway, I'm Daniel as usual, and I'm here with Robert, and how have you been this week? Uh normal normal as as i can be uh how have you been i guess i've been pretty normal too pretty tired but you know there's a lot of games that i've been playing and games that i've wanted to get to so I, i've got to stay up and play them i've also been reading that new star wars book which oh. is really good <laughs> so why don't we go ahead and start with uh our news this week um it's mid-january and things have actually started to pick up so We'll get through this pretty quick this week, and then we'll talk about some more Donkey Kong Country 2. First thing, uh, Scott Pilgrim, the game, re-released this week, and actually Limited Run Games is doing a physical edition. 
they're also doing a physical collector's edition and a physical mega collector's edition with all kinds of like drumsticks and like a, a carrying case and all that so limited run games always seems like they're doing really good work and especially with this release there's like shirts and like hoodies and like pins it seems like they're always doing the most to make a really cool limited edition i mean it's been forever since people wanted this game to be re-released physical so it's just really nice to see they went all out on this one yeah and i think this is limited run games like most requested game ever and for good reason it was delisted um but it, it was a ps3 game that came out in 2010 that's when i played it um it was delisted sometime after that and it's kind of been lost in the ether except for the people who like owned the game so actually you and me are both going to be playing this and we'll have a lot to say on this uh after we do the donkey kong specials so limited run games has some really cool physical editions with like sonic adventure themed cover art from i think brian lee o'malley did work on the cover art so that's cool mario 3d world Plus Bowser's Fury, finally we kind of got an idea of what that's going to be. So it's a re-release of the the Wii U classic, I guess you could call it, uh, 3D World. But then Bowser's Fury is this whole new adventure. It's like it can be one player co-op with Mario and Bowser Jr. on like a island where all the enemies are cat themed or have cat ears like the Cheap Cheeps. They're cat cheap cheap. And Bowser is basically a kaiju that's like the biggest and scariest version of bowser we've seen yet but mario can also turn into like a kaiju cat mario so i don't know if you've seen the trailer yet but i'm actually really excited for this i saw that it was released by like the trailer but i haven't seen it actually yeah i mean just it's like a two minute thing and then they released like a seven minute like overview to kind of like clarify what this is but the new mode um i remember we saw the original trailer for it back on the mario direct um, it does look like it's kind of an open world, almost Odyssey-like. So was this, I wonder, cut content or something that they had an idea from in Odyssey or something that looks forward to maybe a potential Odyssey too? Either way, it looks, looks like it's up my alley. And there's online co-op, just like in the Scott Pilgrim game. This is new to both of these games. Oh, that's nice, especially with Scott Pilgrim. I feel like R- Scott Pilgrim is fixing what River City Girls didn't have online multiplayer which is kind of a bummer so a couple more things star wars new game ubisoft so i guess the ea deal is not going to press forward past their like whatever date 2023 or something like that that they might have had the contract for i don't know how i feel about this ubisoft's open worlds don't really do much for me so i don't know what a star wars game from ubisoft would be like so yeah trying to really think I guess Assassin's Creed is their biggest open world franchise. Yeah, but that's... I I look at something like Valhalla, which is like a hundred hour game. And honestly, I want the content in a Star Wars game to be meaningful, like it was in Fallen Order, as opposed to like this running around, leveling up, collecting... I don't know, doing the same 20, 30 different objectives. It's just the, the open world bloat is something that I... I think I've fallen off of. I think it's been done best by uh, the next company we're going to talk about with a game called The Witcher 3. Um, Unfortunately, this next company we're going to talk about, uh, CD Projekt Red, the news is not so great. Cyberpunk, the next-gen version, has been delayed until the second half of this year. 
and the roadmap for that makes it look like it's more towards the end of the second half of this year. I just, with this game... <laughs> I don't know. I thought I was hoping it'd be sooner. I was thinking the first half of this year, but they just, I guess they promise free DLC as well. Yeah. So hopefully that makes it up, I guess. But I don't know because it's unplayable on last gen so far. Yeah. And, you know, there's probably some, but I haven't played it yet. I mean, I was planning on waiting for PS5 update to even give it a try, but this is, it's, it's been kind of a bumpy road here which might be an understatement but hopefully for the people who own it this upgrade kind of fixes those issues that remains to be seen because this looks like a long delay so that's that few last little things pokemon is having its 25th anniversary this year and they had a fun little trailer with like cute little references in it and i guess they're doing a collab with katie perry but uh, the big thing was today they finally announced the release date for that Pokemon Snap game, the the one on the Switch, as April thirtieth. That's not too far. That's not too far away. Yeah, and I thought you might be interested to know something I learned while watching the trailer earlier, is that this game, unlike Pokemon Sword and Shield, also for the Nintendo Switch, does feature a you know, a Pokemon we we know and love. Nah, it depends which Pokemon we're talking about. Oh, you know what Pokemon we're talking about. Starts with a B. Oh, Bidoof? Oh, Bidoof. <laughs> it has Bidoof? They show him in the trailer, and he looks like he has glow-in-the-dark teeth. <laughs> oh, man. So we got an HD version of Bidoof that looks better than all the sprites in, in Sword and Shield. So Bidoof gets the honor of having one of the most, like, realistic-looking Pokemon appearances to date. So... That's coming out April 30th with Bidoof. And last but not least, there's Resident Evil things happening. There's Resident Evil things happening next week. A showcase, I guess, of Resident Evil 8 and maybe some surprises. They were having some kind of beta sign up for something. So Resident Evil 8 is one of those games I'm really, really interested in. Despite not being as interested in 7. Probably the theme. Maybe that's why you're interested in 8 more than 7. Yeah, it might be, or maybe it's, like, I need a new PS5 game to play. You, you Have you noticed the beginning of this year? This is probably when, I feel like the delays and stuff are going to start being more frequent now, and that the beginning of this year is going to be real slow in terms of, like, AAA releases. I think the first one coming up is uh, Returnal in March, which I'm really interested in. They showed some new gameplay of that uh, this past week, but it's it's kind of been a slow start we'll see i i think the only ps5 game was well, not a ps5 because scott Pilgrim was the only game I'm really interested in but i'm interested in resident evil 8 yeah it kind of feels like i said it kind of feels like what they wanted resident evil 4 to begin with yeah so i guess next thursday january 21st there'll be like a little glimpse at some gameplay maybe a release date i would wager on a release date to be honest with you so We'll see what happens with that. Other than that, a few other things coming out. Cyber Shadow, all that. Um, Persona 5 Strikers. So as we as we finish up our Donkey Kong episodes these next couple weeks, we'll be getting into a lot of stuff we've been playing. For me, I've been playing a lot of Hyrule Warriors, and we got Scott Pilgrim and all that. So I have one final piece of news here. And that's this week's Nintendo Direct Rumor, sponsored by Markers on the Map, presents Trial by Energy Drink. 
This week's flavor is Bramble Scramble Banana. It's for a little game called Generations, A Glover Story. Well, 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 says a shadowy figure as Glover stumbles upon an ancient ritual. What have we here? You heard me right. Glover is back for the most jaw-dropping third-person shooter adventure game here on the Switch or any other platform for that matter. Equip the man, the myth, the glove himself with an arsenal that would make worms rumble crumble under the weight of its majesty. A gritty sci-fi universe full of gorgeous new locales awaits our mighty Glover, as none other than the Hamburger Helper Glove stands in opposition, threatening to raise the entire universe if mankind opposes him. That's R-A-Z-E, the bad raise. No co-op, no PvP. No nonsense, just a 15-hour blast from start to finish. A finely crafted single-player experience. A complete game, a complete saga. From sentient utensils to artificial humanoids of the evil glove's own making, Glover runs, guns, blasts, and smashes his way through 30 unique levels with no gameplay element ever overused. Dish RPG light elements with a constant stream of new and enhanced abilities, all in perfect synergy with one another. Face mighty bosses such as the Power Glove and become truly unstoppable as your mastery of the core generation's experience comes into focus. The generation's promise is to never take you out of the action and for the action to never let you go. A non-stop thrill ride from the fingers to the palms. Unleash madness and become the Glove in Generations, a Glover story exclusively for the Nintendo Switch. This sounds really good. I don't know. Glover's alright to me. I mean, really good. He's all right. (laughs) I'm saying, when I read this, I was thinking about all these mechanics that these games have. All these RPG light elements. All this stopping and upgrading skills. And I just thought, sure, it's Glover. He's all right. But the game itself. Why isn't there a game like this? Why isn't there a game where you have to just not stop and upgrade something? Not be taken out of the action? There's a little footnote here that says there's no load times. This is a Switch game. I mean, Switch is... I mean, they put The Witcher 3 on the Switch, so I'm not surprised there's no load times. That's true. The graphics look pretty decent. So, in handheld mode, I'm sure they, they're pretty good, too. So, I, I think I'm looking forward to the Glover the Generations, a Glover story. It, it seems like, you know, we haven't seen our boy Glover in since the N64 days. That's true. Can't go wrong with more Glover. Why, who who would you wish it was instead of Glover? If Glover's just alright. Rocky Rodent. True. Well, I got a, I got news from my uh, rumor source that there is maybe a chance he'll show up at some point here. I don't know if this is crossover potential or... We'll see. I think the 90s platform mascots are trying to, to make a comeback. But what better 90s platform mascots than the Kongs themselves, right? True, true. We're going to continue on with Donkey Kong Country 2, and we're going to talk about the back half of the game. So last week, we went over the first three worlds, kind of introduced everything, talked about some of the characters, but I think it's time to get into the real the real good stuff here. So let's pick up with the 20th level of the game, Crazy Kremland uh, Hornet Hole. So Crazy Kremland is an amusement park, but it's also like combined with a beehive, so Hornet Hole is our first look at this beehive. Honestly, this is one of the most unique themes they've ever had in the series because bees have been such a well-known enemy from the first game and the first half of this to now go into what like their homeland 
is kind of frightening, but at the same time, it's one of the most visually exciting things we've seen yet. I don't know. It might be my favorite world. The world as a whole, it's it's definitely thematically the best. I think it might it might be. I think compared to because it's either this one or the next one, but I really do like the hive levels in this one. I really do like the hornet hole. Yeah. So it, the the mechanic is that you get stuck in the honey. But you actually showed me that if your your idle animation for sticking to the honey as Dixie is her eating the honey, and somehow I've never noticed that. So I really appreciate like I really appreciate the little details in this. So the hive levels are okay. They're they're a bit tough. I I, I can't see it being easy for someone the first time they play it. But there's there's a lot to unpack in this world. And speaking of good animation, the next level is Target Terror. We finally have like a minecart level in Donkey Kong Country 2, but it's a roller coaster. And I also noticed because I've I tried to replay. I, I didn't have enough time to get through all the levels um, again before we recorded. But I was I noticed on uh, Target Terror that when the roller coaster goes down, Diddy Kong lifts his arms up. And I have never noticed that before either. There's a lot of things that seems like you haven't noticed from the start. Because yeah. you probably play the Game Boy. So I don't know. Which one you played? I don't know if it was like the DS with the lit up screen or like the original Advance, where it's like you know you need you don't have a really a uh, backlight, so you kind of had to get right angle of lighting. So there's probably some things you missed here and there, but now seeing it like on a big screen, you can see the little details that they added. Yeah, it's it's the big screen. It's the fact that like I'm sure that these are on the Game Boy Advance version. I'll probably check, but like of course, seeing it on a bigger screen is a lot is a lot better. Um, and in, if we're going to bring up the Game Boy Advance version as well, it's a sunset versus the nighttime on the SNES version. So it's a different experience playing this particular level on either console. But the music is so good. I think DKC2 Projects has the best music in general of the entire series. I mean, there's a couple I, 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 put, above, uh, I would put above this one. In, in the game? Yeah, there's, there's a couple here. Like, it's really hard to choose with the music in these games. But, you know, we have the first beehive, the first roller coaster. Those are kind of like introductory. But then we get Bramble Scramble, which brings us back into Sticker Brush Symphony, that song that everybody loves. And this is, I think, the better level. This isn't the one where you're, like, shooting the barrels the whole way through. This is, like, I believe first half is run and jump, and Squawks shows up in this one, if I'm correct. Squawks, I think, probably appears in most of these. Yeah. Except for the barrel one. One I don't have too much to say about, but to have a to finally have the level that I think is most memorable with this particular theme is pretty good. Cause I'm not, I'm not big into that one where you have to shoot through the barrels. I was playing it the other day, and I was like, "This is way too long." <laughs> yeah. And then after that, Mudhole Marsh, kind of like the outlier here of Crazy Kremland. This is another swamp level. This is the one with the hooks in it and the cat of nine tails that kind of tosses you around. I personally, this is probably my least favorite level of the world. I mean, there's worse levels in this. Oh, there's worse levels for sure, but in this world, I just feel like thematically it doesn't, like, jive quite well. Alright, I can see that point, yeah. And then after that is Ramby Rumble. Ramby Rumble's easy. I mean, the first half, you do have to, like, platform through it, but once you get to the Ramby part, there is that chase scene. I guess it's the king that chases you uh, across a map halfway through it, but... Ramby's pretty reliable as an animal buddy, and he doesn't have weird mechanics, so you can just kind of really breeze through this level. But yeah. the end battle part theme is actually pretty pretty crazy that they kind of have a chasing right at the end. But I think it's 
one of the easier levels. Yeah, and Rambi doesn't get stuck in the honey, if I'm correct. No. Yeah, so that makes it a little... I mean, of course, it's more of a, a running level, but it, it gives you the chance to not have to deal with that mechanic, which isn't... Uh, sticky flooring isn't isn't the best mechanic in anything, but it's usually not presented with such a good theme as, as the hive levels. It's usually presented as like, oh, there's something sticky on the floor. But no, th- in, in Donkey Kong Country 2, things make sense because they're allowed to. <laughs> and then finally, to round off this world... King Zing Sting, this game's uh, B boss fight. I'm not big on this one. I think you played this level. Oh yeah, the, this it's it has its moments where it can be difficult, but I think I've probably done better honestly with this couple with this run. I think I've messed up more times in previous runs that we've I played this, but playing this time, I think I completed like on my third try maybe my fourth but i'm thinking it's like my third try i completed it yeah i mean it didn't take that long but uh, you know full disclosure i think i let you handle all the bosses except maybe the first crow because it came up on my turn but like especially with this game and the third one for some of the bosses i just like they're my least favorite part of the game and you're way better at them than i am so it's just like you know what it 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 was the case with the next world boss the creepy crow i was like "You, you just we're gonna be here all night if I have to do this. Uh, I I think you could have done it. You've done some levels where I I wasn't able to do it, so I think you could have done it. Well, that was mostly in three, and it was the first like time seeing those because you you hadn't played three until recently. But we'll we'll get to three. We'll get to three. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, yeah. Gloomy Gulch is the next world. This is where the song Forest Interlude comes out. It's another one that people really like. And we start with Ghostly Grove. If I remember correctly, that's the one with the ropes, correct? The ghost ropes? Yes, that that is the one with the uh, ghost ropes. Um, I thought that was an interesting mechanic for one level. Didn't really come up again, but they seem to be timed fairly well. I don't think there was anything there to kind of throw you off while you were doing Ghostly Grove. It's not this one. It's a different one that has... Uh... Yeah, isn't isn't is not this one that has the wind, right, with the ropes? No, no, this isn't the wind one. That comes up in just a few levels. Yeah, see, mm, it's a good introduction because it knows what you're going to be, uh, what's coming ahead, and how these ghost ropes, I guess, work because they disappear and reappear. They have a time frame. That's actually exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> so that's a good, you know, little level to introduce the theme and the song, uh, for the forest, uh, layout. So. Then we get something even cooler. We get Haunted Hall. Not only is it another one of those like roller coaster levels, but it's got a different song and you're being chased by a skeleton Kremlin, a giant skeleton Kremlin, and you're trying to avoid him by extending your time. That's cool. And I'll also use this bit talking about the roller coaster to actually bring it back to the previous world because I forgot Rickety Race. That's the one where you race against the the kremlings that are on the carts on the roller coaster levels oh, another good you level did that one yeah yeah <laughs> all the cart levels in this one are pretty cool like you can't deny it true true i don't think there's really a bad cart level yeah maybe even in the entire series there's not a bad cart level they're usually just done so well there's a lot of attention given to to those um three might have some okay ones but that's a different day yeah yeah so next up is gusty glade that's the one with the wind and the ropes. I think Dixie shines through this one the most. Oh, absolutely. 
Because if you think you can't make it, just use Dixie and then you'll make it all the way through. It's always a good me- mechanic to have when when you're being like blown from one side of the screen to another. And this this level's obviously a premonition of what's to come in the Lost World in a particular level that we'll talk about at the end here. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> the wind mechanic is no good. <laughs> It's it's okay here and it's fine, but there's a later level that I wish just didn't have it. Yeah, and uh, we get the palette swap of a certain character that goes along with that wind in the next level, Parachute Panic. It's a hive level, but you're descending, and I believe I did this one on our playthrough. You're descending as the purple squawks and just avoiding bees and stuff. And I feel like there was one part at the end that I thought was, like, unfair because of placement. But I could be thinking of a different game. I could be thinking of the third one. But it's just a weird level where you're kind of falling the whole time. And Squawks' brother doesn't really do much. Yeah, he can't shoot, can he? No, he can't. He can't do it. He just falls. I guess I guess in 3, they made it to the point where his ability is to grab but i guess the weight of both kongs is just or even just a kong is just too much for him and he ha- and it weighs them down yeah honestly not a big fan of this one i feel like ramby rumble and hornet hole were the better you know hive levels but that's because you've got more control in those and this you're kind of this feels like an auto scroller that you have a slight bit of influence on so you did webwoods that's yeah. a level that i I do not like that level, but you seemed to be pretty good at it. It's, it's because you probably didn't know about uh, Squid or the Spider's ability. You can actually control where the platform lands and where you... I actually did not know that. you When we started playing a couple weeks ago, you were like, you know you can control the webs that Squitter shoots or the water that Ellie in Donkey Kong Country 3 shoots, and I was like... All these years I've been playing these games, and I did not know that. So now I feel like it could be a little easier, but Webwoods is something else. I like it. It's not that difficult. I really do like the wood forest levels. I like the the music and the aesthetics of it. Yeah. I don't recall the fog being as dense on the Game Boy Advance version. It probably couldn't do it. Yeah. There is dense fog on the SNES version, so gives it a nice thematically creepy feeling so kudos to them for the appeal of the level um creepy crow man i didn't remember this being as hard as it was so i just passed you the (laughs) i passed you control for this one you 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 were close and i wish you just kept going at it because you're really close but it was that last part that kept getting you but i don't know creep creepy crow he he's he's an all right boss because we discussed this there was i think in europe uh one of the original like promotions for this game there is a, a character is on call uh mr x and not the one from resident evil 2 it, i think it was just a whole nother ghost pirate that and he looked pretty cool and he had a a, a coat and he had like you know he was a ghost so there's a th- rumor or theory going around that that was the original boss for this world because mm-hmm. it's obviously all ghost theme and he's a ghost pirate i, I think in this one it just kind of was out of nowhere it seemed like i i get in the first one why sometimes they had to reuse some enemies because it was like okay it's the first game you got they got to use what they got but with this one it mostly seemed this one and cudgel cudgel yeah uh they're all just reused skins and that kind of just like somewhat disappoint me i'll give talking country 3 that, that i don't think they reuse any boss skins 
Yeah, they don't. And I would hope that with this one, if it's true that Mr. X was originally going to be a boss, I wish he was it. But Creepy Crow, uh, as a ghost, he, he is pretty difficult. I don't know if he's the most difficult boss, but he is pretty difficult. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say he's the most difficult. I would say that he's got platforming sections with projectiles that come at you from every direction. And sometimes I would argue a little too fast for and and unpredictable. I don't like there's got to be a set pattern, but I didn't pick up on it. So I think it's like Street Fighter rules from like the arcade machine where or more, I guess, more Kombat 2 where it predicts where you're going and it and it knows where you're at. So we'll always throw the eggs and in a calculated guess on where you might move it. Yeah, that's kind of what it feels like. Kind of like one of those roguelike games you play where there's enemies that will shoot where the game thinks you will be in a second from whenever you started moving. So it kind of feels like a situation like that. So I guess if you're just constantly moving in, like, left, down, left, up, left, right, right, down, stuff like that, you you might be, you might be good on the way up, but thematically it works better in the game boy advance version like we said because we knew that uh crow's soul was floating away after we fought him the first time yeah see it, it makes sense there because it'll it, it foreshadows what's gonna happen but this one's just kind of random actually we'll get to the the next world and we'll talk about a different boss there oh yeah the next world is k rules keep we are finally here it took two weeks and two episodes, but we're here at the end, question mark? Arctic Abyss. This was the one I did, right? With, yeah, with On Guard? Uh, yeah. The first half was pretty easy. I, I don't think I had any trouble with this one. I don't think On Guard. I think On Guard and Rambi are just safe bets. I don't think their levels are difficult, and I don't think you have a problem with most of them. Yeah. Um, this is just the nice like ice cavern level with a little bit of water a little bit of land traversal which is something that's unique to this game land and water in the same uh level but not not much to say there is windy well next though that's the really cool mine level with the wind mechanic (laughs) and this one's different because it pushes you upwards instead of sideways Mm -hmm. i guess from most of these wind levels what i've noticed or even just kind of scrolling levels, like either it's a barrel that it's moving along the way or anything like that, where hitboxes is weird in these kind of early games where in some instincts you feel like that should have not hit me. You know, I was like, I was pretty good distance away. But then there's other times where it's just like, example with this one, I, I don't know. I just feel like with, with the bees that are kind of the way they're positioned, the, the back, the back of them have a bigger hitbox radius than their front. Yeah. So you could be at a point where you're basically touching like their eyeball and it won't you won't take damage but if you slightly just touch their back you'll take a hit yeah it's one of those instances where you can really see the the wonkiness of some of the hitboxes when it comes to certain enemies and another interesting thing about this level windy well is that in the game boy advance version it comes after castle crush and clapper's cavern it is the last in that in this trio of three so it, it actually comes earlier in the original SNES version. And it comes right before the dreaded, the terrifying Castle Crush. See, you say terrifying, but this is probably 
my favorite level throughout the entire game. I know. We, we spoke about this in the lead up to us playing this. I was like, you know what level I hate? Castle Crush. And you're like, you know what? That's like my favorite level. So tell us about Castle Crush. <laughs> it pushes, I guess, Donkey Kong and the Super Nintendo at its peak where not only are you moving left to right, but you're on a platform that's moving vertically up you know it's moving upwards so you have to dodge enemies you have to crawl through closed spaces and kind of get in the open area before either the platform and the and the ceiling meet and you lose uh you take a hit or an enemy you're in you're you're stuck in i guess like i would say is like if you're stuck in a hallway and there's just an enemy there's an unavoidable hit i like everything i like about the aesthetic i like the music i like everything about it but there's one thing that I we spoke about and that I don't know I don't remember if you knew beforehand. I don't remember, but I remember afterwards we kind of figured out what was going on is that there's a pretty it's pretty common. It's it's common to the point where you can achieve it pretty easy, but it's very rare to do it. The level already is scrolling upwards and you kinda have a lot of things on screen and the background is pretty much in 3d and that kind of blew my mind when we were playing this is where I didn't realize the background was honestly pretty looks 3d and it actually looks like there's platforms behind you so that impressed me but there's a very common glitch and i'll explain how it, to do it where you need both kongs you need diddy and dixie and you need uh to be playing diddy so dixie's your side character and then you're playing diddy what you do is i guess you grab a dk barrel it has to be a dk barrel you you run up against a wall and while the platform is pushing you upwards and you're running up against the wall, you put down the barrel because you can put down barrels and you press like you uh, while you're holding it, you just hold down and let go and, and the character will just drop it. You do that, drop it, but then you immediately pick it back up and it'll hit the wall and it'll count as it breaking. But since usually when you have both Kongs, nothing happens, but the, I guess the game just doesn't know what to do since it's scrolling upwards you have both Kongs, there's so much enemies on screen, and it has to uh, render all that to where it creates an infamous glitch where it'll actually, like, just make up, it'll just make up something. Like, it, out of the crate, it'll make up either, like, a Clubba, I think is his name. It'll, mm -hmm. like, throw, like, a distorted Clubba or a dis distorted Rambi. And it's one of those things where it can be done but it's also another thing added onto it where it's that schoolyard rumor where i heard at least that it has the ability to actually fry your like uh physical cartridge of the game and yeah, even your system that might just be one of those schoolyard rumors but the glitch itself is well documented and definitely not something that like that i would recommend no it's just I there we were like tripping it. about it too we were like okay let's make sure not to pick up this barrel just in case it was like either play as dixie the whole way through but if if you're diddy don't not grab a dk bro and do not like throw up against the wall and press down and pick it back up yeah because i guess this still is a thing in the snes online version apparently someone had to test it yeah you know that's the first thing people do is they try to, to break a game look at speedrunners what if there was a hidden strat in in breaking the game there something to do like a hidden level skip or something there's not but imagine these are the type of things that they try to figure out so you know castle crush for me was always an auto scroller first and foremost and you are at the mercy of the game controlling how fast you get through the level and in a platformer stuff like that just doesn't necessarily work for me personally 
Um, plus, I had forgotten you could roll into the porcupine, so it was extra special hard for me the, f- the first time I had played in a while. <laughs> I think, and what's what's hilarious, too, about the glitch we're talking about is that it just seems super easy to do. So I, I guarantee you someone, even before he was in documented, someone out there did it, and they didn't know what was going on, and it may have fried their cartridge or something just really weird happened. Because it's, it's not that hard to do, because all you realistically do is just play as diddy have both kongs hold a barrel press down pick it back up like maybe we're just kind of messing around up again and you're up against the ledge and you put it down real quick and then pick it back up as like a joke but then it breaks and then all of a sudden it just like does some weird things and it yeah pushes out the entire game it's a small space somebody if you know the way statistics work somebody's gonna have that glitch it's such a small space if millions of people are playing the game when it comes out of course somebody's gonna like accidentally stumble upon it probably like like more than more than one for sure it's like that fall guys trophy to win five games in a row they said oh it's impossible can't be done but a few people had done it just because of how statistics works <laughs> so castle crush it's a doozy clapper's cavern that's the one i was talking about last week where he clapper the seal turns the water into ice i think i was getting frustrated with the second half of this correct me if i'm wrong Maybe the first half. It, it has a piranha, right? This is the one with the piranha that chases you. I and if you think don't, so. And if the eye and the water like unfreezes, it, you could just basically yeah, you take a hit. Yeah, it is. I, I this one I didn't. I was having some issues with this one. <laughs> and then you did chain link chamber, the next yeah. castle level where you are climbing up the chains. I still yeah, I still like the other castle level, but this one's uh, good too. I just I guess I don't like that it's all the way chain you have to use the chains to advance to the next area yeah it's kind of like the end all be all extension of the game's second level where we're climbing up the ropes except now it's like it's it thematically it's got the same enemies but the the layout of it makes it difficult the placement of enemies like we said the first three levels of this game serve as a great introduction for everything that's to come so anybody pl- picking up this game for the first time should expect by the end for those mechanics you learned in World 1 to show up in like brute force towards the end like this. And I always thought oh, yeah. that that was kind of cool. And then it wouldn't be Donkey Kong Country 2 Castle without Toxic Tower. I hate Toxic Tower. Yet somehow I, think... <laughs> I pulled it off. At least the Radley part. That's the part I hate. I pulled it off like the first try. So, and then I said, you know what? You can do the second half. <laughs> For some weird reason, this this is the level I could not pass on the Game Boy. Uh, the Game Boy Advance version of this, I've played it. I've gotten up to this part of the game. And for some reason, maybe because I using the original advance and I couldn't get the right lighting, but I just could not pass this level. It was too difficult. And I gave up at that point. I don't know whatever happened to my copy of it. It probably somewhere probably not i'll just probably have to buy a new copy and a new game boy but super nintendo i remember the first time i tried it i did it the first try not first try but i did it like first time on super nintendo but it it's just this this level and another one is the exact same thing where they're both difficult but it's just one part that makes it super difficult and they're both animal buddy levels yes that's the and talk about and i i don't care most of the animal buddies that help you, I guess, uh, jump higher are the worst in this entire game. I think out of all animal buddies, the ones that may help you jump higher are the worst. Yeah. So there's a back half to this level with other animal buddies. But I think the most memorable part is the really tough, like, 
rising poison water with Rattly in the beginning, where you have to actually make use of his, like, super jump and get the timing down for that, and just... I usually go through this with save states, but when we were playing, we didn't make any save states <laughs> at this point, so it's something I can be proud of and something I don't like doing. <laughs> Toxic Tower with Rattly. Oh, yeah. Then we have Stronghold Showdown. On the SNES, this is nothing. Donkey Kong just gets pulled up. <laughs> On the Game Boy Advance, it's Kerosene, a kind of like weird CG looking boss that I forgot how that fight goes because it's been a while since I've gotten that far on the Game Boy Advance version. So not much else to say there. <laughs> I never knew this boss existed because like I said, I never went past Toxic Tower. So I was just one level away from realizing there's a whole nother boss in this game. Yeah, I, I guess he wasn't super memorable because I can't remember how the fight went. So, he looks cool, but he also looks like he doesn't belong. He reminds me of a Donkey Kong Country 3 boss in that he's got a unique, like, sprite. But, uh, the Flying Croc is next, with another level that is kind of a pain. Screech's Sprint, a race against <laughs> the evil Squawks. But you showed me something that I actually had no clue, and that I bet the speedrunners do in, the, in their uh, runs. Yes, so I think I learned this on GDQ. Oh, go figure. We're watching, yeah, we're watching one of their runs, and I don't remember if you remember it, because it seems like when I showed you it, you were like, it's something you never knew, so you probably missed it or something. But it was the last part of their run, and I, I forget the runner's name, so this is going to, I believe it was last year's runner, so uh, in t or 2019's run, so if you can find out who that was, because when he's, basically there's a window where you go halfway through the level and then you have to race the enemy bird but you have to race the squawks and it's time you have like it's not one of those where if you beat him it's a bonus like no you have to defeat this bird in a race so what i've learned because they, they they showed it live is where there's a window above him where you can just fly right above him and the game will actually not activate the startup of the race so he will stay there for the entire time not move an inch the race won't start but the level can be completed because the level doesn't require him to be activated you just have to beat the level without him getting to the end it doesn't necessarily need the race to start in order for the level end zone to be there so i did it try to do it the first time but i had never gotten it to the point where i had both kongs i always just took a hit and went through with it and i remember i was like i don't think i could like it'll probably take a while but i probably can do both cons till the second try because i did end up taking a hit and end up trying to have to redo the part where for the first time and you and we're both there i actually flew over him and kept both kongs and so i just did the whole level and it's a very short level it's not that long a level but what makes it a really hard level is that he cheats because he can take shortcuts he doesn't necessarily care about taking a hit on the walls because the game won't program him to like fall or to be slow and he's pretty quick so for anyone who does this level and having a very troubled time right before the beginning of the race don't go under him see if you can go right above him between above, like between the top of his head and then the vines and just make it through it even if you have to take a hit i would just take a hit but then you have to just be really careful the rest of the way through but try to make it above him and you can beat the level pretty easy and get to the end boss without any trouble yeah and with the strict timing that it has it's got stricter timing than the race in donkey kong country 3 i think it's like you can't be more than a couple seconds ahead of him if you're racing it's it's unfair almost so 
I like this trick. I like this skip. <laughs> it's one of those things where I hate a game where it wants you to be perfect all the way through. Yeah. An example of this is you told me when you play Need for Speed Hot Pursuit that you'll do a race perfect, but the end part where you'll hit a pebble and your car will spin out and all of a sudden 10 cars will pass you now. From being first throughout the entire race, you're now in 10th. Yeah, it, I hate situations like that in any game, even Donkey Kong Country 2. <laughs> so... We get through the sprint, whether we race or not, and we get to K rule. Gotta hand it to you, expertly done. You definitely handled this boss fight with just as much finesse as you did the first one. Yeah, I think I've gotten both boss fights down to the bone. Like I, I can do those no problem. The uh, and I've always said this: I'm the last one to play those levels because everyone else around me is like either they can do it or they lose but i'm a guarantee win i can do it the very first try two i might take a second try but at least this time i did it first attempt and i got it down the first time and no reversed controls (laughs) no so we think the game's over but it's not because clubba (laughs) is there in every world with a little invitation to a place called the lost world so we're gonna use the rest of this episode to talk about some real nonsense called the lost world (laughs) before before we we do it i have to tell you about how we achieved every single coin oh yeah we 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 did talk about that last week did we okay so uh we we so we achieved all the coins so instead of us going finding every single bonus room and getting all the coins we're going to use those 75 coins that we got from the beginning of the game yeah so remember last week when we talked about the first level and that 75 uh coin glitch well here we go we're 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 finally pulling through with the 75 coins because each level of the lost world takes 15 coins to get to there are five levels of the lost world there's an entrance in every world i believe except Except the first first one one. yeah yeah jungle jinx that's first that's the one with the the tires pretty easy it's kind of a bit difficult but it's kind of more or less your middle uh kind of middle world levels where it's like eh, it has maybe some moments where you think You'll take a hit and you have to restart. It's like more of like max three tries and then you'll probably get it down. And it's one of only a couple of times that we actually get that theme in this game, the regular jungle theme, almost as if it's taking place uh, in the same area as the first game. So that was something else that was cool that showed up. So jungle jinx, the one with the tires, as I always say, and then you have black guys battle. And this is where it truly, in my opinion, starts to get upsetting uh this one like i said it's not the worst there's worse levels than this one but uh this is with the it's all right the barrel guys the the black and red ones that steal lives and the sliding yeah. down oh my god <laughs> it, it it's all right but once you know where to take the path it's one of those where it's first time is going to be difficult but once you learn the layout of the path and you kind of use dixie is key, is key to this one as well it's pretty easy it's on the same level as, as the first one where it's kind of your middle level it's just i think the the life stealer barrels are the worst part they're the worst enemies in the game and you remember when you like triggered one of the barrel enemies and then you fell down really far and then he came falling down too as if how could the SNES like trigger something that's not the player character falling that far and still continuing to chase you? I thought that was pretty cool, even though it was annoying. Oh yeah, that it was annoying, but that is impressive. But at the same time, it's like this man followed me from the very top to the bottom, and he did not give up. He was persistent of catching one of, at least one of my lives. Yeah, it, it, it happened one time, 
of the couple times you went through that part, but I was like, my jaw dropped. I was like, why didn't I screen capped some nonsense that happened to us in our run for sure, or took video, but like, <laughs> I should have taken a video of, of that one. And since we're talking about Clobber, that barrel enemy, Clobber Carnage. Oh. The second worst one. Man, see, I took a try and I managed to get decently far. <laughs> Yeah, I tried my first try, uh, I think the first time we were playing it, I think, uh, so I was just like, man, I can't do this part. It's very difficult for me, at least, but it's kind of where I learned that uh, the bees, their front part, because you can literally touch their eyeball and you won't necessarily take a hit. It's a little frame and little centimeters of, like, where you can kind of touch their front part, their antenna, I guess, and not really take a hit, but their back part, that's where it's at, where if you don't land in the barrel far enough for where they're at, you'll take a hit so it's that's why i is why i say it's the second hardest level those timed barrels and the nonsense positioning of enemies and the hitboxes the hitboxes was what really did it for me towards the end and then thankfully (laughs) you allowed us a save state at the end i always do that in the same position where i feel like oh you know what i made it this far if i mess up here at the very end right before the goal i'm gonna just make a save state because i'm not i have nothing to prove when it comes to games i already platted bloodborne and sekiro (laughs) yeah it's like i've done these without the save state so it's like i have nothing to prove let's just get this over with because i saw what i had to jump and i was like nope i was like i'm gonna take a hit here and i only have diddy i need we just make a save state here and then we have fiery furnace that lava level with the um the cat of nine tails i think this is actually the easiest level out of all the lost levels this is the easiest one and it's also the return of the lava theme for the first time since you know the 10th level of the game or the 10th level and, and the boss so kind of a nice callback it's funny how this is the easiest one but it's this is like almost in the this is in the ghost world so it's kind of weird but it's pretty easy you keep saying easiest or second hardest but what about the actual hardest animal antics oh man so like i said foreshadowing in the uh toxic tower there's two levels in this game where they're the most difficult level but it's not even the level it's two parts of the game i i gotta say this level is or that part complete nonsense especially with the checkpointing in the snes version i don't think i've seen something of this level of nonsense in a game like this it's all right so the first part so it's an animal buddy level that's what's called animal antics you have to play as every single animal buddy first part you play as rambi uh the rhino you're really good at that part easy you literally just charge and then you literally use the bees as leverage to jump really high and just cruise through the level then the next one is the ice uh level with water so you get to play as a on guard and he, he is pretty easy there's probably a bonus in there that i probably missed but if you just i think those first two levels if you just dash right through it you can get through the level you might take a hit but you can just dash through it Next would be the jungle level, and you play as is Squitter. That's in this version, the Super Nintendo. That's where the checkpoint is, where Squitter's at. Awful. At first, you like it's not awful. It's like the midway point. So it's like okay, I, I could do that. But Squitter is somewhat difficult. You just my rule is always just to stay above the enemies where they spawn at, and then you could just either shoot them down with your webs uh, above them, or just cruise right on top of them and get to the end point. But the next part. This is where I said make it. This is where the checkpoint should have been, and you found out that the Game Boy version actually does have the checkpoint at this level. I believe so. Yeah. The vines part. It's the squawks part. Oh so, boy. Squawks is not the worst, 
buddy, but he's not the best. I think they actually do go in order of the best animal buddies to the worst. Because it's Rambi's the best, then Unguard, then Squirt of the Spider, then Squawks. Where it's like, his controls are kind of wonky because you're kind of floating. He kind of has a floaty effect. So, you're kind of cruising around. But with this level, not only do you have to worry about bees that are placed perfectly placed in, in like weird narrow spots the vines obviously you can't touch them or else you take a hit and obviously two hits you're out but there is horizontal waving wind just like back in the forest it's <sighs> so, awful it's awful there's no there's awful. no worming anyone's way out of that it's so unnecessarily difficult for all the wrong reasons squawks is so unwieldy he goes up way too high when you tap the the b button to to float yeah it's it's a mat it's a puzzle it's controlling it's it's learning how the wind works and exploiting that wind to get through this nonsense uh we've like i said we both said it uh we made i don't mind i i'll admit i made safe states i've done this on the super nintendo animal antics all the way through super any uh, super nintendo so like i've done it where i had to restart where squares at so i had to redo all that then this part just to have another shot but i realistically think we would have had to do at least another 10 tries of how many times we had to re keep using checkpoints yeah not me <laughs> and you know what you get as a reward for this you get to play as rattly <laughs> what's so funny is that this is the hardest level but it's the shortest because once you really use safe states and you just kind of keep using them you realize like dang this is a really like you really do say just like it's a really short level and you're just like wow like the only reason why this is difficult is because uh squawks is very difficult to control and obviously the narrow spots with the bees and some of the red ones you, you can't destroy the red ones and then the wind just pushing you left and right and you're just like wow what can i do here but yeah your reward after beating one of the hardest levels you get radley the worst animal buddy and that's because I just say in general, all jump high animal buddies in this game are the worst because they have weird jumping mechanics and it's just very weird. Nothing like ending the hardest level with the worst animal buddy. <laughs> but I like how those two are the shortest because Radley's part didn't uh, take so long. It was literally a couple jumps and you're done. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that Squawks part, um, when we played it, it was the first time I tried animal antics. Uh, yeah. I don't like that level. I'm glad it's a bonus level <laughs> and not a not a <laughs> legit like, well, it is a legit level, but it's not one of the ones that you need to beat the boss. It is one of the yeah. ones you need to do the rematch against K. Rule in the Crocodile Core, though, and you handled that pretty well. It's a one hit boss, but it's got a, a lot of nonsense that happens before you can get that hit in. I handle him pretty well. He's the secret Lost World secret boss. It's kind of the uh, true ending where it's because he, he escapes the original ending where he gets dropped in the ocean and he gets eaten by sharks or he gets chomped on by sharks but then he uh he's an alligator or he's a crocodile so he's probably can handle his own but then he shows up uh in the lost world and then he's all washed up with like uh seaweed on him and all that but very difficult boss fight but it's one of those where i just haven't done it so many times where i couldn't remember the the pattern of it but once you learn the pattern and it's a one it's a one hit to him where it's like you just have to throw the cannon in his barrel for the like one time and then it fire it shoots him out and it shoots him in uh, i guess the lost world portal like temple kind of portal thing they have in the background of that level mm -hmm. uh and then you get the true ending where the island gets destroyed because in dkc or in every other dk game it never shows k rules island like 
in next to this island because in this one you kind of see that they're pretty close but it shows that the island gets destroyed basically and that brings us to the actual end of donkey kong country 2 and you know you got your credits where you can clap for your favorite animal friends and foes and the kongs and don't ever clap for neki because he's awful or ratley because he's equally as bad i don't know who's worse <laughs> a little little enemy gallery at the end and that's donkey kong country too i've gotta say it's it's the best game on the super nintendo i want to it's in my top five for sure i, I guess i can unrealistically pick it number one there's so many games i enjoy oh, yeah. from that era but even with all its flaws with all its difficult spikes with everything that you know you know it could be like oh that that's bad that's a bad mechanic it's still probably the greatest platforming game ever yeah and the series isn't over we have no, we still have one more entry we have donkey kong country 3 which primarily focuses on dixie kong from this game so as we close out donkey kong country 2 we say goodbye to diddy kong as a playable character and mm -hmm. we usher in a new era a new location and new enemies machines when we continue our series on donkey kong country next week with the third and final installment in the snes trilogy so that about wrap it up for this week i think closing the book on dkc2 will maybe in i don't know maybe in a year a couple of years down the road we'll come back to it but like i said the greatest platformer of all time if you have a switch anyone who has any of these if you have the ability to access any of these games we talk about i highly recommend out of all of them dkc2 just yes. play it you can use stay stays so you don't have to prove it to know but it's one of the greatest platformers of all time i think this is one of the first games we have talked about on the show that we can say gets markers on the map's highest recommendation oh yeah this is an absolute masterpiece of a game also it's got pirates and pirates are pretty cool <laughs> yeah pirate theme is cool i think yeah it's crazy how we have both different tastes in games but this is the one game where we can both agree on like yes this is where people need to play it yeah there, if there is one, there's plenty of games we both like, but if there's one we can give such a high recommendation to for sure that we've both played constantly for years, it's this. So once a year, we play it at least once a year. Yeah, I've already played it like twice this year, so <laughs> it's just so much fun. I love this game. Um, so we've got Donkey Kong Country Three coming up. I don't know if that one will be one episode or two. It'll probably be one like the first one, but um, yeah, this one really we really needed to expand on this one it's such a good game so like always guys we want to thank you so much for listening you can always check us out on podbean uh apple Podcasts, spotify google podcasts and follow us on twitter at markers on the map so we'll be back next week for donkey kong country 3 like i said and i guess there's not much left to say besides uh sega please re-release sonic 3 and knuckles with the original ice cap zone music and that the real Guitar Hero 3 Legends of Rock was the letter G we collected at the end of the level along the way. So we'll see you next time. Bye. Later. Later.